Hey everyone, welcome back to Unfrequently Asked Questions. I'm Max Hotkowski, and I can fly. And I'm Michael Hotkowski, and I I don't have a joke, I'm sorry. That's okay. Scientists still can't understand how my body is able to fly, much like the bumblebee. Or the birds, which leads us brilliantly into our theme of the episode, birds, the birds and the bees. That's our theme. Um, still, as as you all remember, the uh, formula is the same. We're both coming at each other with five questions. Each one of us gets uh, three guesses at the question. And if we get on the first guess, three points. Second guess, two points. First guess, uh, last guess, zero, uh, one point, um, and so on. So without further ado, Max, would you like to get us started? Sure, Michael, I would love to. So... This first question is written for all the bird listeners out there. Um, so, you know, my bird isn't the best. So let me just try this out. Um, chirpity chirp chirp, chippity chip, chirp chirp, chippity chip. Did you not understand that? Should I translate? Yes. Okay. My God. <laughs> Which band had singles such as Again and Again, Diamond Dave, and a number one U.S. dance chart topper of 2006, Fucking Boyfriend? Which also played during the Forgetting Sarah Marshall song. Which band? Yes, this is a band. This is like my who, but it's really a witch. Um, okay, so it has to do with birds and bees. Uh, which band? I'm trying to think of a name for birds that hasn't been used already in like the 60s. The Starlings. Incorrect. Fuck. That would be a beautiful band name, though. Could it be the magpies? It is not the magpies. Is it the flamingos? It is not the flamingos. Fuck. I'm sorry. That's all of your guesses. It is. It is. I just thought, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of bird species. There are, but this is a little bit more on point because as our theme is the birds and the bees, this band name is called the bird and the bee. Motherfucker. Okay, but so I love this. I actually really like these artists. They were introduced to me by Alex, without saying the last name, so privacy has remained. You know who I'm talking about. The only Alex that's ever been a part of my life. Anyway. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm so old. You were I friends don't with his brother, Phil. Oh, right. Okay, there we go. That Alex. That Alex. Anyway. I thought he kid. was something. Okay, anyway. Um, the Bird and the Bee, really cool band. One weird thing about them, though, two weird things about them, is after I was already a fan of theirs, I one time torrented Age of Empires, the original Age of Empires game, and the game was exactly the original game, except for whatever reason, whoever uploaded this version of the game, this torrent, replaced all of the soundtrack with one of the albums from The Bird and the Bee. So when I got this game, I by chance happened to get an entire free album of The Bird and the Bee, and it would play as I was like... That's like double the piracy. Yeah. For the was, price of none. Exactly. It was super weird because like I opened up the Age of Empires menu, and suddenly I hear like this like weird like mid-2000s like indie dance like song come on. And I'm like, what is going on? It was a lot of fun, though. Um Another weird thing about this, the fucking boyfriend song, is it's really unclear if she wants the character she's singing to to be her boyfriend for fucking, 
or she just really really wants him to be wants him to be her boyfriend so fucking bad uh, that i bothers see me yeah she I says see. will you be my will you be my fucking boyfriend and i'm like as, as if she would as if she practices um polyandry and therefore has a, has a kissing boyfriend and a fucking boyfriend and a shopping boyfriend and a boyfriend who takes who holds your phones and takes photos for you you know which is generally generally not how like that uh romantic life works normally you just happen to have multiple boyfriends you don't separate them into different jobs and and well it's the division of labor dude division of division of romantic labor division of it. romantic labor all right mike you got zero points on that one give me my first question okay what does the b in susan b anthony stand for <laughs> i really want to say it's Sus it's it's susan not susanna can i know that information is that you can, you can know that information no, but will you give it's me that susan yeah it's susan b anthony okay. is her name can i know that information i no. just told you that information well, it wasn't sure if it was susan or susanna no because then we'd all be oh it's a susanna b anthony coin i guess it says no one i don't know i always whatever okay you're right that was stupid of me it was and i want it recorded i really kind of want it is i really kind of want it to be susan 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 anthony i know that's not my <laughs> so guess. it's like some said dr seuss thing susan susan anthony susan 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 banthony anthony <laughs> um uh bertha susan bertha anthony no Susan Benedict Cumberbatch Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's where he got his name, though. But no, <laughs> inspired by uh, the great feminist. Um, what was my first guess? Bertha. Bertha. Your first guess was Bertha. It was not a guess ago, and you've already forgotten. Um, Susan Brianna Anthony, or Brianna? No, she probably pronounced it Brianna. No, no. It didn't really stand, you know, for anything. That's what I was thinking. Too. So, um, Shoot. she and her sisters, there was a huge, like, big going on, like a big craze of middle initials going on. So they said, okay, we'll just add middle initials to our name. And she adopted B because, uh, her, she was named after her aunt. Her aunt was named Susan, and her aunt's uh, last name, her aunt married a man named Brownell. So she said, okay, well, I'm named after my aunt Susan, so I'll be Susan B. You know, because B for brown L, but it really doesn't stand for anything. It just is B because she wanted to have one because she felt left out. Susan B. Anthony, the great feminist, felt left out. <laughs> so that's zero zero. It it's is a zero, zero. great, great day for knowledge. Zero, zero. I do kind of like the idea of just like, I'm going to give myself a middle initial. And then, you know, because she became such a prominent figure, it stuck. Even yep. though I bet legally it probably was not her name. Her name was probably just Susan Anthony. Perhaps. Maybe she was able to check. I don't, I didn't have that much information. I didn't think you were going to get this Come in depth. On. I didn't think this was going to be an interrogation. Wow. Mike, I thought this was a light, fun, get, trivia quiz show. We try to give our listeners a deep dive into the hard-hitting questions of modern society. Such did she legally have her name or change? Does feminism, uh, is the entire women's right movement, like, could be collapsed upon this this knowledge? that that name was a lie yeah yeah we'll we'll re retroactively get rid of uh which amendment is that i would feel terrible if that happened That's the 15th amendment oh we're gonna edit this so i can actually answer you and not look like a dick it was women's suffrage can you guess it give it to me mike 
Nineteenth. Nineteenth Amendment. The Nineteenth Amendment is the Nineteenth. It's the Nineteenth Amendment. Yeah. Michael is correct. The Nineteenth Amendment. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. So I just I not not that I was like oh I I needed to know every single amendment. I just the fact that I kind of like I know what that one well, should be. I should have known this one because I listened to uh, more perfect. Right. Anyway, so so yeah, because they would find out her middle initial didn't stand for anything, and it was all just a lie, and her official name was actually just Susan Anthony. They would retroactively get rid of the Nineteenth Amendment and all that junk. Yeah, America was also pretty late with with uh, giving women suffrage, though. It was actually interested. Uh, a, a lot of the states out west, like Wyoming and such, women could vote when they were founded because women helped build those states. You know, was went out and women who helped found brothels. Essentially, they um, they helped build the businesses and help use the money from the brothels to fund schools and everything. So they had the right to vote. So when Wyoming became a state, they said, "Well, we want to become a state, but we have to let women still vote." And the U.S. government was like. Oh, and Wyoming says, okay, we won't be a state. And then the U.S. government said, okay, okay, you can be a state. Um, so women could vote in Wyoming before everywhere else in the U.S. And some other states, too. That's cool. All right, so it's 0-0. Zero, zero. What do you got for me, Max? Michael, what does the Cowper's gland do? I believe I'm pronouncing this right. The Cowper's gland, C-O-W-P-E-R. It, it has another name as well, which <clears throat> I can give you. Oh, it has to do, it's, this is about sex. Um, Cowper's gland is, is it the vas deferens? No. No. Oh, okay. Vas deferens is its own thing. Vas deferens is the vas deferens. It has to do with the dick and the, it has to do with male genitalia. Sorry, I'll be more professional. You can say the dick. <laughs> say the dick. You are um, one after all. I am one. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Cowper's gland is it's, it's something on the testicles and it's it's uh to ensure i'm not asking where it is i'm asking what does it do also it produces sperm it does not produce sperm the it, testicles proper do 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 the sperm production i didn't know if it was something within the testicles. it um no, okay that's it, that's a good point okay it gives the sperm a moral boost it says you can do it little guy i believe in you go go why am i forgetting this i remember we had to learn this did we have to learn this because if we did i also forgot it the only reason i know an answer is because i looked it up okay what is it as of my three guesses i'm terrible that's not true those are two of your guesses um what do, okay well let's just like very basic what does it provide for male re- reproduction system testosterone which you're which you are correct that it is male reproduction it provides testosterone thing no it doesn't that's the pituitary gland fuck that's 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 what does it do what does it do now i'm okay so also known as the i'm gonna ruin this bulboreithereal gland i think it's literally called bulb because it's like a little tiny bulb it's a tiny little thing contributes up to four milliliters of fluid during sexual arousal Oh, it is, its secretion is right. a clear fluid with muco, I think it's muco, not muso, muco proteins to help lubricate the urethra and neutralize acidic urine that might remain within the urethra. Oh. It is just below the prostate. And from what I could tell from the diagrams, it's one of the last things to contribute before it really goes down the shaft of the penis. Okay. 
Wow. I. Okay. Wow. You know, I forgot that. I just remember. I'm just thinking that sex ed classes, they go, oh, well, we're going to teach you all about the little things in the genitals. Which you don't need to know. And it's like, well, no, we should learn, like, how to, you know, protection and also consent and, you know, things like that. I mean, they do generally teach you that stuff, too. I'll be honest. Yes. I remember covering more of, like, uh, sexual prevention of STDs and STIs more than I remember going over individual organs, at least in sex health class. Maybe not in biology class. But that's just how America distributes sexual health education. Yes. We were lucky. There's some parts of the country where they're like, don't do it. Yeah, that's based on states. I almost had a question about that, but I decided it would be too uh, sad to make a question about. Well, yes, as you said, we hit the hard hitting, the hard hitting questions in this podcast. Have you been affected by your poor sex ed classes in your state? Please call and write into us so we can ignore the letter. Call and write into us. Call, call someone who will write the letter for you. <laughs> call, call. Us serv- so that's a service I provide. It's a side business. It doesn't do too well. It's terrible. Call us so we know the letter's on the way. I'm bankrupt, and we can avoid getting the mail those days. Um, <coughs> all right. Okay. Like you. Uh, oh, this you is a great. Zero zero. It's zero. right below. Yeah, it's right below the prostate. I, I'm not sure I said that, but you kept saying testicles. It's most most of the male reproductive organs are not. It just happens to be the penis and the testicles, and that's those are the only ones that are out there, literally. They're out there. We don't know where, but they're <laughs> out there. All righty, Max. Yeah, go for um, it. When did bees first show up in the fossil record? Ooh, I'm going to be really upset at this. I know that bees are uh, believed to be one of the first even remotely domesticated animals uh, regularly, like domesticated and things like that in the fossil records insects are pretty darn old i'm gonna say 110 million years ago no okay plus or minus like a year like how far off by three days um no um january i'm gonna give you five million years i'm gonna say 80 million years ago no, 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 no. They've got to be older than that. I'm still going with 80 million years as my second guess, but I'm realizing it's probably wrong. No, but they are older than that. Yeah. Or, or again, yeah, keep going. I'm going to go as far back. I said 110, right? So I'm going to go, yes. I say, 128 million years. I still not, don't think it's far away enough. No. Well, so you're going to hate me for this. Plus or minus 5 million years. It's 100 million years ago. Is when they first showed up in the fossil record. I was going to give you 10 million year uh, plus or minus, but you automatically said 110 million years the first one before you asked for your plus or minus. So I said, well, I can't give them 10 million years and then say you you were right retroactively. So yeah, about 100 million years ago is what we have the, the, the fossil records of bees right now. Now, they think they probably showed up around 120, 130 million years. It's all speculation. But they don't actually have the, the the oldest fossils we have are about a hundred million years, so they probably showed up along with a lot of flowering plants in the Cretaceous period, which is for those listening who don't know, that's the one with T. Rex and Triceratops and all that. It was the cool one. Well, it's the one everyone knows, of. Uh, mostly because a lot of fossils that were discovered in America during the big Bone Wars, the big ones that were all uh, Cretaceous. But um, yeah, so they probably evolved from wasps, which I think is great, like predatory wasps that somehow gained a taste for nectar and i love like that evolved into 
bees as we know them now, like honeybees, that right. evolved into complex hive mechanisms. Okay, so the score remains tied at zero and zero. Yeah, they evolved shortly after eudokites, 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 which are the type of reproductive system of flowers. Yeah, that they probably help pollinate. Yes. Huh. It's amazing to think that that happened for like twenty million years. They didn't have what is now considered one of the primary pollinators. Huh. Must exactly. have different mechanics back then. Some other mechanism to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first flowering plants. You know, it's it was a. Think of it like a new technology. No one really knew what to do with it. But it's not technology. It's something that just showed up. Okay. So, Michael, a different kind of pollinator is what I'm going to talk about now. How fast... Oh, I also love this question because I know there are at least a few of our listeners that are going to know this answer, which I'm excited for. Because I want you guys to get it. And you can get it. I want the question first. I don't care about the listeners. <laughs> Fuck the listeners. Okay, well, Mike, you have to listen faster than they do. Do you think you can do that? Are you ready? How fast does a hummingbird flap its wings? Oh, no, 70, I think Jared 70, heard it 70 miles an hour. No, not not in, not in like, miles per hour. I mean, like... Really fast. Minute. No, beats per minute. Like, how many oh, flaps do okay. they do? Or in a second or in a minute, whichever you think is better. I have, I have the numbers for both. 300 beats per minute is not correct 500 beats per minute is still incorrect a thousand beats per minute really close it's a thousand and one isn't it you son of a bitch (laughs) you didn't ask for plus or minus so yeah it's a thousand and one no it's 1260 Jesus fucking Christ! So, so oh, holy shit! Close. Why? Close. Why? Why are you? Why hummingbird? Why? Michael, it's seventy beats per second. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. Stop doing that! I'm trying to grasp my head around this, and you're just making weird have noises. You, have you ever seen those gifs, gifs, or yifs, depending on what your depending on your pronunciation? Yes, depending on where you're from. Depending on your religion. Um, uh, if you're Canadian, it's called the F. <laughs> those recordings of hummingbirds where it looks like they're like just hovering and their wings aren't moving is because the camera is doing about 60 to 70 frames per second and the hummingbird is flapping at about that speed. I love those. Those are, you can see those every once in a while. There's, there's a few of them online. But yeah, it's about 70 beats per second, which is insanely fast. Obviously. I just want to know why. Well, it allows them to kind of hover and move in that way. Yeah. It's just, but it's, it seems like that the evolution, because no one made that decision. You well, they know? have very narrow wings. And I saw a, a chart the other day, and it had different architecture of wings and describing how you can tell how this bird likes to fly based on its wing structure. If they're more gliders, if they uh, flap to glide, if they do lots of flapping like and stuff like that. And obviously... You can kind of tell just by the shape, but like these very narrow, thin ones are like constant flappers, hummingbirds being a part of that group. It's just because they need that minute control, so they're constantly flapping, and each beat only does like a little bit, but that way if they change it just a little bit, they get more control. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, it's just, it mind boggles me. It boggles my mind is the word I was trying to say. It mind boggles me. <laughs> I've been mind boggled. I've been bamboozled and, and mind boggled. Um, 
weird. I, no, but it's not like no one made a decision to do this or the hummingbirds say, hey, we're all going to, we're going to do this. Hey, guys, we're going to evolve this way. All right, everyone do this. Just make sure, you know, you don't have a heart attack. Like, for some reason, they decided we're going to fill this, you know, s- slot and this missing thing. We're going to evolve this way. They didn't decide. It just kind of happened. And I want to know, like, what were the circumstances? I would love to see if there's a paleoornithologist who, like, studies this and be like, no, this is why we think hummingbirds are constantly freaking the fuck out. Because they're also like, Cause this, do, you have, do you have nectar? Do you have nectar? Do you have nectar? Do you have nectar? You don't have nectar. They're tweaking the fuck out. I think we should give a hummingbird meth. Okay. I've come right. to that decision. All right. Alrighty. Um, All right. Their, their heartbeats are really fast, too. I don't know. For, for whatever reason, I would think if you gave a hummingbird meth, even just a small amount, like any sort of adrenaline, it would probably die. Like, I don't know how birds and adrenaline production happens. I feel like adrenaline is a male thing. Um, not a male thing, excuse me. A wow. Mammalian wow, thing. You a get, mammalian thing. It's a mammalian thing. That's what I think, you're I think adrenal, adrenaline is a mammalian thing. I don't think it happens in reptiles or birds. Yeah, I like that 50% of our audience has probably turned off the podcast. When you say, I think it's oh a male thing, they're like, well, fuck this well, shit. I could edit it out until you talk about it. Every time I make a fuck up, I'm like, oh, well, I can edit that out. And then you make fun of it. And then I'm like, well, now it's way harder to edit out. Yes, I'm trying to ruin you. And then you're like, oh, Max, take a pause so you can edit that out. But I'm going to fucking make fun of it anyway. <laughs> That's what you sound like, by the way. I hope you don't add any of this out. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Um, okay. All righty. You know, this is the first time we've actually argued on the podcast. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I'm so proud of us. We made it. Episode eight. We made it a thousand episodes. This is not a thousand we episodes. We are at 70 episodes. We're not at 70. We have a staff of hundreds we have less than 100 listeners, I think. Thank you for rubbing it in. Alrighty, Max. If you had a blue-capped ifrit as your pet, why do you need to be careful about what you feed it? A blue-capped ifrit? A blue-capped ifrit. It's a bird from New Guinea. Oh, it's a bird? It's a bird, yes. I was thinking it was going to be a reptile, in which case my guess was going to be that it could change gender. But that clearly, I don't think, is right. Yes. Because um, birds can't do that. As far as I understand it. Though I do have some questions for Big Bird. It's a, it's a, sorry, it's a blue-capped what? Blue-capped ifrit. Blue-capped blue ifrit? Blue-capped, blue-capped ifrit. A blue-capped ifrit. If I feed it improperly, well, if I feed it improperly, it could die, right? That's an obvious one. That's not what you're talking about. That's not the yes. answer you're looking for. If that I is, feed it that a, is bullet, a right answer, not the right answer. If I feed it a bullet, it will die. <laughs> Why would you not like not like oh I fed it. I didn't feed it probably you just feed a bullet you sick bastard eat lead you never heard that expression well, I know that but I'm just imagining you like putting a gun in a bird's mouth like some kind of sick twisted no, was, son of a bitch no I was thinking I would take like an actual steel bullet and grind it up into a powder and then like feed it into its mouth okay um can you can you give me a guess that <laughs> doesn't go down a really dark road. Okay, I'm gonna do. Um, it's the most inappropriate episode if, we've done so far. If I feed it, if if I feed it some specific thing, there's a chance it could get pregnant. No, by some weird fiasco. No. Okay, thank God. That would be a crime if any bird had <laughs> evolved that way. It would be a crime. I think it would be an evolutionary crime to have something that you have to physically eat to get pregnant. Because okay. <laughs> eating is not, like, should never be part of that process. Wow. 
I'm sure some people might disagree with you. Be like, oh my god, I could just sit there and eat pizza and chocolate and then have a baby. I don't have to deal with the bullshit of relationships. I guess it's That's true. their, like, high five all around. No, no, but come on. It would... I would... You wouldn't just eat pizza and chocolate. You'd be eating, like, cum-covered chocolate. What pizza. the fuck, dude? I didn't <laughs> think you were going to go that. I just thought... I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> this is an explicit podcast, and since we're talking the Bird and the Bee-themed episode, I want to go hardcore on our explicit rating, okay? <sighs> if we're not N17 on iTunes by tomorrow, I'm going to be really upset. You know, most of our re- listeners are at rest homes. <laughs> All right, what's your second guess? Um, I'm actually going to ask for a hint for my second guess. Okay. As you sip your tea, like a dick... Some some of our listeners are going to be shocked that I'm drinking tea, but Michael is telling the truth. What what's what hint do you want? I, I, what do you mean? It's your question. You provide a hint. Give me give me some hint as towards the answer that doesn't reveal the answer clearly. Danger, danger, Will Robinson, danger. That's the hint I'm going to give you. Um, that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> I don't want to help you. I want to beat you. Well, we have rules about hints. Um, I'm going to offer... We've got a weird energy going on today. we got a weird vibe going on. It's a little too brotherly for our brotherly battle of the Watch brains. this when NPR goes, we're going to pick this up and show this podcast. No! You talked about semen on pizza. Really? we got to air this now, bad boy. <laughs> danger, danger. Um, Mrs. Robinson? Is that what you said? Danger, danger, Will Robinson. That's from Lost in Space. I was just the key word is danger. Oh, could it potentially eat its young by accident? I don't know how it would do that by accident. But... No, no, but animals do that. Um, well, I know animals do that, but I don't think that's a cannibalism, infant cannibalism, whatever it's called, is a very common thing in bird species. Infanticide. Infanticide. Infanticidal can- cannibalism. Yeah, something like it's that. It's delicious. It's what's for dinner. But no, that is not the answer. So what is it, Mike? I'm out of questions. I'm out right. of hints. Um, you have to be careful about what you feed it because it could become poisonous. The bird itself would become poisonous. Yes. Um, they are like a lot of vertebrates and birds. They're part of toxic birds. Therefore, they're stuff they eat, insects and some plants that... Oh make them poisonous so they store it sequester it in part of their body huh. and therefore they can be poisonous to touch or poisonous to eat and they eat a certain type of beetle which makes them poisonous but if you had one as a pet and you didn't feed it that beetle it wouldn't become poisonous the- theoretically also if you don't eat your pet bird it's not going to be an issue either way yes oh, but this is like if you want to touch your pet bird and pick it up go, oh look at my blue if ah, pass out well i mean if it's eating it, would it be, if it's be eating it would it be like poisonous on touch does it like secrete the some poison? some are poisonous in their feathers oh geez so yeah and they um they're i mean they're frog, like a poison dart the golden dart frog uh which is one of the most poisonous vertebrates in the world yeah probably the most poisonous uh it, it eats certain insect but if you had it say uh, at the zoo nearby and you're not feeding it that insect it's not going to be poisonous but that oh. makes it the most poisonous vertebrate in the world so i could oh. go to that zoo and pick it up and be like i'm i mean you know, i wouldn't they wouldn't let me in to touch the the frog anyway. Right, but you'd likely be okay. Yeah, as opposed to if we were in the parts of Central America where that frog is, and it walked across this table, yeah, and I natural. touched where it walked, I'd be dead. You're crazy. Yeah, Phyllobitis terribilis, 
the golden dart frog scientific name from a few full scientific names i know hmm. do you know the difference between uh poisonous and venomous yes michael i do know the difference between poisonous and venomous and what is it well mike of course i know what it is what is it uh well that's just we should ask your listeners and have them call in. What is it, Max? Answer. Okay, Mike, so poisonous, that was a bit. I do actually know the answer. Poisonous is when you interact with it and it kills you. That You interact with the poisonous thing and it kills you versus venomous is in, it interacts with you via normally biting. Yeah. Some sort of injection. Venom is that. injected. Poisonous is normally, normally uh, swallowed or ingested, but it could be via touch yes. as well through... Uh, uh, Absorption of the skin. That's yes. That's the thing I'm looking for. Um, predators tend to be poisonous or venomous and herbivores or people that are prey tend to be poisonous to protect themselves from predators. But not always. Now, um, I'd like to thank our sponsors. I was about to say, please. Uh, first off, for the Bird and the Bees uh, episode, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Borders Books. <laughs> As well as Big Daddy's Restaurant Chain. Big Daddy's Restaurant Chain, we get some hot dogs, some crickle fries, and a chow mein sandwich. That used to be a chain Big Daddy's. Yes, and they had chow mein sandwiches. That sounds really gross, first of all. Second of all, I have a feeling in weird, like the the culture of millennials and Gen Zers, I feel like Big Daddy as a food chain would do terrifyingly well yeah probably reasons we wouldn't want we wouldn't be proud of we wouldn't be proud of it's like there was another one called beefsteak charlie's beefsteak beefsteak charlie's was the name of a restaurant which is kind of entertaining all righty doesn't seem as bad to me all right mike here's a question i got for you where do babies come from specifically in japanese folklore i got you there i got you there for a second oh i thought we were gonna have to have a talk no it's like oh no i need to tell max I was thinking about making about having this an, the talk about no about making this an open ended question where I ask you where do babies come from and I would simply give you points based on how funny your response was. Oh, but in Japanese folklore, where do babies come from? Um, I know there's a. Okay, so it's it's not going to be the stork. No, the stork is a Western one. Western Correct. thing because they have no. They killed all the storks when they landed in Japan. The first Japanese that killed all the storks. And ritual stork killing. I'm making that up. Um, that's why the sun is red. It's the blood of storks. Um, so I know there is a story in Japanese, I believe it's Japanese folklore, of uh, the moon princess. So uh, someone chops down a tree or bamboo, and there's a girl or something in it. So maybe through from plants. I'm like, going to say you're correct because it is the moon princess who grew out of a bamboo. Princess who grew out of bamboo, bamboo yeah. shaft. What's it called? Bamboo shaft? Bamboo stalk? I guess it's a bamboo stalk or yeah. shaft. Yeah. yeah. They call it the shaft, but it's also a stalk because it's a type of grass. Cool. Um, okay. Uh, yay. Was there's, that... there's a second Japanese folklore, though. There's where... a second one? No. There was folklore a isn't, isn't a thing. It's because, a concept. Because technically both of these folklores where babies come from are... Folktales. From... Yes. Okay. Folk tales are about two specific babies. The the moon princess, uh, Kakayua, Kakayaya, Kaka. They don't have hard uh, vowels. I'm trying to realize this. Kakaguya, yeah, Kakaguya, uh, the moon princess, and also from Momotaro, Momotaro, who came out of a giant peach that was floating down a river. 
and his name literally translates to Peach Boy. That's adorable. Which I think is great. Also kind of, maybe that's where James and the Giant Peach kind of a little bit, probably not. Well, I like there's a popular, there's Japanese women, girls can be named Ichigo, which basically means strawberry. Yeah. But I mean, a lot, have, of, a lot of Japanese names are about plants. And yeah, I mean, we have, we have Rose and Lily and um, yeah. Susanna comes from, actually from plants right. um, as well. Uh, there's other names too. Um, and that's just a fact. I know there's other names as well. Uh, <laughs> that's just a, that's so just a quick, did that, is quick that, fact. Did that give me three points? That does give you three points. Oh, uh, that that's, feels so good to have points on the board. So before you continue, though, before I hear your next question. No, no, carry on. One last, one last little tidbit about this is that Pampers noticed that their Japanese sales of their disposable diapers were doing really poorly when they first were introduced. And they realized it's because they had the stork on the emblem and the Japanese people just couldn't relate. They were like, what's going on? I don't understand. Why are they? Why are the birds here? This is unnecessary. I'm pretty sure they have like a bamboo stock that's like cut in half now with like a baby in it. I think something like that. I think that's the symbol that that's, Pampers use. That's wonderful. In Japan. Yeah. I think that's pretty great. You should learn about the cultures you sell products in. That's my advice to anyone. Well, localization is a very important. Uh, if I knew anything about any other culture, literally any other culture except for American culture, I I would kill for a job like that. I think localization, like video games, for instance, I think that stuff's so interesting. Localization of brands, super cool. All right, Mike, what's your question for me? <laughs> okay, according to rumor, who took the B as their personal badge to spite their predecessors? Took the B as their personal like emblem yeah their badge, personal badge despite their predecessors to spite oh their... to spite okay there we yes. go that's why wow this is a hard one i'm gonna i'm gonna assume i'm gonna make some assumptions that it probably has to do something with a queen some sort of queen being queen bee or something like that um i'm not gonna say beyonce though i think beyonce should be an acceptable answer um because she's the queen, as some would say. Um, I'm going to say uh, Cleopatra as my first guess. No. Though the Egyptians did use bees to symbolize the, I want to say, the lower dynasty. Yeah. Um, but no, Cleopatra did not use it as personal I mean, we badge. had domesticated bees at that point. Yes. But it was a symbol. Egyptians, again, one of the earliest to be domesticated. Um, and yet the only insects, as far as I can think of, well, I guess it's not true, silk. Silk caterpillars, right? Yes. Silk, silk worms. Silk worms, yes. I, guess. I feel like this is against the spirit of the game. But can I use my second guess for a hint again? Sure. If you want. Um, I think I do. It's a him, and they were a head of state in Europe. Okay, that is, I, that's enough. Was it Napoleon? It is oh, His Imperial and Royal guessed. Majesty Napoleon I, by the grace of God, and the Constitution of the Republic, Emperor of the French, King of Italy, Protector of the Confederation of the Rhine, Mediator of the Swiss Confederation, and Co-Prince of Andorra. I decided I'd read his full title. Wow, I, I really almost guessed. I almost spent a guess on some English king. Yep, I'm a good. I'm really glad I rethought that because it was the ending that got me to spite his predecessors. So yeah, well, this is the rumor. The rumor is that he uh, uh, took the fleur de lis and flipped it upside down, and it looks like a bee. 
Can you say that again? The fleur de lis. Okay, that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yep, Max used to date a girl who spoke French. Therefore, Max gets uppity about um, this. Michael, I used to date a woman who speaks French. She was a girl. She became a woman. That's you true. You guys grew old together. That's not. And true. then you realized, well, you did grow older we together. Grew older. We were older. You, you're ancient. This is. Any rate, not appropriate. Um, so yeah, it's, so it looked like a bee upside down. Though it was also claimed that it there's a uh, you know idea that it ties to the Merovingian dynasty, which were the original founders of France. So that they were golden bees that had been discovered in 1653, actually, um, on the tomb of uh, the founder of the Merovingian dynasty, and they go, oh, so it's one of the oldest emblems as the sovereign of France. So that kind of is part of the history of France, though they actually were kind of cicadas, people think, were on the tomb. But, you know, they used it as a kind of way to tie into the history of France. But it also was a to say, oh, look, it, the rumor was, oh, if you flip the fleur de lis around, it's a bee. Um, but bees were all, you know, used as herald, heraldic symbols. Um, Egyptians used it, as I said, as a symbol of regal power. It's used to represent a well-governed industry or creativity, wealth, diligence, and eloquence in uh heraldry so you see someone with that on this on their sigil that's what they mean cool i like it i like it good for you napoleon so that gives you what one point i guess one point to your three yes correct? well i think this is gonna well, go well we still got we still got we got one last question final question so mike your final question why do male bees die during breeding um I'm also going to give a very long-winded explanation of all of this about bee reproduction in general. As you know, I have several bee books. Yes. Um, and I've read none of them so far. Except the parts on reproduction. Yes. Clearly, you <laughs> sick, sick son of a bitch. Is it because I'm going to just, is it to the cheers of all the women in the audience? Um, is it because that's all they're good for? Um, no, actually, Michael, uh, excuse me, Michael, in bee culture, there's pretty much a billion males and one female in any colony for the most part. And the males do obviously a massive amount. Of Is work. it because it takes out like it's kind of like when a, a bees that sting you, it basically that, that when they sting you, they die too, because it tears everything out of them. Is that some kind of thing like the act of fertilizing or breeding with a queen causes them to just lose everything on the inside and they're like no it was worth it i mean you're on the right call track. me you're on the right track with it um is it is it is it i'm gonna go with my okay is it because because like i i i have a funny one i want to do but okay. i know you said the i'm on the right track well you can um, do your funny one if you know it's going to be wrong right and just say right is like it that. because the queen bee never calls them back and guys actually take rejection really hard, the male um, are... harder than women do. Like so, women like bounce back. They go, oh, okay, what about it? And he, she never calls back. And he's like, oh my god, I thought she was the one. If I'm not with her, I'm gonna die. Like and with bees, it's true. They they, they actually die. Yeah. No. And then they, then they find out the other bees like, yeah, this girl. Oh yeah, I met this girl too. And they all realize it's the same girl. So they all. Oh, that's that is an interesting little fact. So they all end up. They true. they start. She's mine, and they start fighting. Um. <laughs> Or they kill themselves in depression. Um, I, was, I was really thought you were going to go there, and I'm glad you went there second. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for finding some other way for them to die sad. Um, no, you wanted them to die happy fighting? Well, no. A great bee civil war I'm just saying tears the hive apart? They're dying because they're sad. They're just dying because they're fighting because they're sad. Oh, okay. Um, 
Okay, but you have one last real guess. One last real guess. Um, <clears throat> is it because their body can only produce so much? Like when they do, when they fertilize it, like that's, they literally use up all the nutrients or, or whatever that they can't use for flying or whatever. I'm really surprised you didn't guess the the female eats the male. Because it's such a common thing for a lot of insects. Is that what it is? It is not that. Oh, okay. No, it's not that. Wow. No, so I'm going to cock tease. So I'm going to give you a point for your second one because your second one was like pretty much there. In short, the honeybee um, explodes their testicles and innards. <laughs> that's that's the short of it. So let me go through the beginning of the process. Wait, wait, and they can't survive from that because I do that all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. Like their gonads, well, their equivalent are completely shredded from their body and their abdomen and all of the guts in it get shredded up and ripped open into open space. Not open spaces in outer space. <laughs> These bees are having weird interstellar sex. <laughs> no not, wonder. Don't have sex in space. As in not That's in the their first bodies. thing they teach you at astronaut school. As in not in their internal bodies space. Oh. Um, so the reproductive cycle begins really weird because all you need to do to start making a queen is feed it a different mixture of food than you feed the other broods, the other other like ah. hatchlings, which they're not. They're not hatchlings, but you know what I mean. You go to, you basically find a cell that you decide is going to be a queen cell and you start feeling it royal jelly, which is just a different mixture of uh, honey feed that you would give other than the other bees. And that changes how it produces, how the stem cells are like, oh, I'm getting this nutrient, so I'm going to produce this way. They do this several times, though, just in case one queen fails. The first thing the queen does when it emerges from its comb is kill and eat the other queens that are in growth. Because it doesn't want to There can only be one. Exactly. There can only be one. So the virgin queen that has now survived through adulthood after killing its rivals and, I guess, siblings, right, now ends up going into flight with about a dozen or so male drones. Now, mind you, any colony has, like, Tens of thousands of drones, potentially, right? Multiple thousands at the least, if not tens of thousands, right? It's so, like the setup for like an 80s or 90s exactly. teen comedy. Then the male drone, <laughs> their genitals explode and snap off inside of the queen. Now, it kind of makes sense because now there's a blockage. That's got to suck for her because she's like, oh, well, I got to clean this out. But the queen can't be reproduced. Can't can't be fertilized by a different bee because the guy's genitals are literally in the way of the passage they're literally wow. in the passageway clingy and clingy he's clingy he just needs to give her some space like if she wants to see someone else you gotta i don't know dude but also you could argue that the queen was so good i'm gonna be careful with my words here that she snapped off his penis Tight is the word I'm really saying. <laughs> like I said, careful my words, and then you weren't, and then you weren't. <laughs> awesome. I, oh, I just, I was. This is the most explicit episode ever. This wow, wow. This our is most explicit episode until our next episode, which about be skull our... fucking. No, I'm kidding. It won't be about that. Our... All right. Um. Okay. No, wow. Right. I'm, wow. I'm wrong that's my timing here. that's gory. Okay. Did you give yourself a point for that? I did. Because you I mentioned did. ripping and tearing. Rip and tear. Rip and tear. Um, okay, Max. Your final question. My final question. I'm actually going to 
Oh, is he going to change the question? I may give you double points. Double points. Um, So double your first guess will be... No, no, no. Uh, take that back. I'm going to... I can still tie with you if I get the first one right. You're yes, four, yes. I'm on one. Yes, so I'm not going to do a damn thing with the rules. <laughs> the, the question is... I apologize, everyone. I just took you on a whole merry-go-round uh it's an emotional roller coaster for some of our uh, diehard fans um who didn't turn us off okay max where was the first bird discovered where was the first bird discovered uh pangea no um, i'm just kidding it's not pangea um first fossil record of a bird i'm assuming not like one human was like, oh, there's a bird, and wrote it down, and then boom, that was the first... That yes, was the actually, first the first bird. recorded evidence of a bird was in, Those you know... caveman drawings of that, caveman renditions of birds. Yeah, but everyone just thought they were M's. <laughs> I'm on fire! Oh, man. Watch oh, out! Alright, Max. Um, but yes, that's what I'm going with. Can I is a is a nation specific enough? It could be. If it's the correct one. Okay. Alright. Alright. I can't just say continent though. Like a continent would not be accurate. Enough. Yes, that would be too would broad. They really narrow narrow your guesses down. And I can't have that. I'm trying to think of where like I'm trying to think of my dinosaur knowledge. Right? And specifically the end of the dinosaurs. Did they ever end? I mean, they, some of them became the protos of birds. The... Okay. The proto versions of birds. That's not, that's not accurate. No, birds are dinosaurs. Birds are part of the clade dinosauria. I thought, I thought. It's just, it's just that all the non-avian dinosaurs died and the avian dinosaurs survived. So when you eat a turkey, you're theoretically, for Thanksgiving, you're eating a dinosaur. I thought it was, I thought it was like common... I thought that was like a like a thing where like they're their direct descendants, but they're still technically their own branch now. Well, no, when you classify them, yes, birds and reptiles. So where in dinosaurs? So when you're going through well, the avian dinosaurs, dinosaurs, really, dinosaurs are not reptiles. To be clear, they are reptiles. I thought they're like different because they're warm blooded, most likely. They're reptiles, but how the the decision of where where on the scale, like when in the avian dinosaurs, do you go? Okay, this is a bird, not like classify. You know. King, you know, King Philip came over for grape soda kind of thing. How in that classification? But when you do cladistics, like this came from here, came from here, right. it's not that simple. So dinosaurs are reptiles. They actually, many of them are reptiles. They came from archosaurs. So they're not lizards or tortoises and stuff, but they came from archosaurs. So they share a group with um, crocodiles and alligators and all that. And they come from that, and that's where they come from. Okay. But, so yes. I'm going to say Eastern Russia, Eastern half of Russia. Which is no. still a lot of land. But. Which it is a lot of land. It covers a lot. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to... But that's not true. Okay. Or correct. I'm going to say uh, the western side of... No, I'm going to say like the southeastern side of America. Our great states. Well, not... Our, well, I guess our great states. It could be. They could go up for sale soon. Um, No. Western Europe. I need you to be more specific. Wow. Well, oh, there's other parts are parts of countries. This other one, but you just said, unless you th think that well, Europe is a country. In terms of like size, I feel like Western Europe and Western Europe, Eastern Russia, one is clearly larger, even though it contains only one country. 
even though it's part of only one country. I yeah. Okay, Spain. No. It's Portugal? No. Oh, okay. Well, you gave me a look. <clears throat> the first bird was discovered. The first word? Bird, bird, bird. No, I didn't change the Mike, question on you. Mike, is um, not... Is it was discovered in it was discovered in Solhofen in the districts in the district of Weissenberg Gunzenhausen in the region of Middle Franconia in the land of Bavaria in Germany. Um it's referred to in German as can be referred to often as Mike, the which planet which planet was that in? Can you get more specific for me? Which um, planet? So Germany was was the country would be acceptable. Yeah, okay. I um, see that now. It was the Ervogel, otherwise known as to everyone else, the Archaeopteryx. So that is the uh, the Ervergill, though it might there may have been other birds feathered. It's a transitional fossil, um, tra- blah, 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 shush, shush, transitional fossil, and they call it um, Ervogel is original bird or first bird in German. So uh, yeah, so transitional fossil. It was actually discovered about two years after Charles Darwin's Origin of Species. So it was like he said, "Hey, things evolve, and they go kind of like this." And they're like, "Oh, look, here's a transitional fossil." And it really, really changed things. Though it took a long, long time for people really to go the idea that dinosaurs became birds. They just kind of thought it was there. But it took a long time after Discovery Archaeopteryx for people to really grew for that idea. Well, I mean, you need a lot of raw data to see, like, the connecting pieces, right? Yeah. It takes a lot, you know. The missing link, you know, for humans, which is kind of a bunch of hubbub, right? But the idea of a missing link for any species chain yeah. is kind of, you know, applicable, especially when you were just still barely finding fossils or just starting to find fossils and actually look at them as pieces of evidence for anything greater. Yeah. Um, cool, Mike. So what does that bring our total to? Um, you are at one point and I am at four points. Excellent. Congratulations, Mike. You are a winner, it sounds like. Yep. And I want to solidify my lead. So we're doing a ring back um, by popular demand. By this, I mean a few people who asked. Wickety, wickety, whack. Exactly. But we're doing a new thing. So whoever wins, we can do it as a tiebreaker. But if there's no tiebreaker, the winner can decide to be asked a question, to ask a wickety, wickety, whack, or to be asked one themselves. So I would like Max to ask me his wickety, wickety, whack. Which is great because I've been sitting on this one for ages um, and I'm very excited about it. But, however, I've also kind of forgotten it. So let's see how this goes. Wiggity wiggity whack. Quick reminder, I'm going to be going through sentences from a Wikipedia article, and Michael has to guess what the Wikipedia article is. I'm realizing my first one's probably too easy. However, here's your first sentence. No man shall talk of breaking up their way of living till each has a share of 1,000. Every man who shall become a cripple or lose a limb in the service shall have 800 pieces of eight from the common stock and for lesser hurts proportionally. Could you read that for me again? Yes. No man shall talk of breaking up their way of living till each has a share of a thousand. Every man who shall become a cripple or lose a limb in the service shall have 800 pieces of eight from the common stock or lesser amounts uh for hertz proportionally is this some kind of colony like a charter for a colony like the virginia colony charter for the virginia colony it does kind of sound like some sort of charter or rule set does it which is also the service and pieces of eight so we're talking about the british army 
Incorrect. Okay. Though I really like that guess. I think that's a strong, strong guess from the evidence you were given. I just started thinking of when you said Virginia. Well, with my other thing, Virginia, I had the, uh, from Pocahontas in 1607. Virginia Company. I forget the rest of the song. And then Mel, Brook, uh, Mel Brooks, Mel Gibson shows up. <laughs> this, this second sentence might not help you out. The musicians shall have rest on the Sabbath day only by right, on all other days by favor only. Is this... It's not the Magna Carta. It can't be. Um, but it's some kind of British law, or some law... No, I don't know, it might not be British. It's a law. It's uh, a royal law... Um, it's a law code, legal code, I believe. It's about musicians, about Sabbath, and those who in the service. Let me give you the third sentence. Okay. Okay. Damn, I'm thinking. I'm thinking some Crusader order. You're, but I don't know. You're really focused on the rule set, and I understand why. This rule set, however, is only a piece of the article. So this is definitely going to solidify it for you. Often the treasure, air quotes there. That was stolen was food, water, pirate, alcohol, weapons, pirate code, pirate code, or pirates. Other things they stole were household items like bits of soap, gear like rope and anchors, or something they would keep the ship their capture. Or sometimes yep. they would keep the ship. They you said they pieces captured. of eight, and I should have thought that because we had a question. I, I asked you that question a while back yep. about pieces of eight, and I mentioned I think off recording. I was like, man, we didn't get our wiggity wiggity whack. That would have been a disaster. And I almost said, because my wickedy way to whack is about piracy, and it mentions pieces of eight. You son of a bitch. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I've been holding on to that since then. Damn. Which I think was like the second or third episode. Maybe. But yeah. Yep. Wow. So there were... It's been seven years, and you held that question. There were rules and codes to piracy. There was like no, a no, yeah, they were ten rules. They had wrote, like, they were one, yeah. um, I want to say it was a Blackbeard or something. Or uh, had a uh, rules of uh, pretty much no one should meddle with a woman without her consent. Um, so he had rules like uh, you know sometimes lights out at a certain time and you know we have to rest on this day. Um, but yeah, they they you know were had to be dis disciplined to some degree, you know, to do what they did. And the big guy was the paymaster, actually, not the captain. The captain was only in charge during military matters. Huh. Um, but the paymaster, the person who was in charge, you know, oh, not paymaster, but the person who was the paymaster, the steward, the other person was kind of figuring out, doing all the logistics. And um, the captain was the one going, okay, it's battle time. I'm in charge. Once battle's over, captain's like, okay, I did my thing. Oftentimes they were democratic. All righty. So with that, I still have four, though I didn't gain any more points. Max is one. So I won. Um, so, Wow. Okay, Max, what did you learn today? Well, I discovered that feminists worship a false god. No, just... <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, this become just... some fucking Prager U podcast. No, uh, what, are they, what do they call them? Um, incels? No, no. Can we not bring oh, them man. up in this? Yeah, that's a good point. I'd rather not. Um, oh, oh, just like saying the word is gross. Um, no, I was one, one of the... I think your most interesting question might have been the Napoleon one taking the B as his badge. Yep. Uh, uh, for obviously many reasons. Um, I just think the B 
It's a cool symbol. It's a cool symbol. So it's kind I, of kind of thinks like things of like Game of Thrones where um, Littlefinger makes his own symbol. He chooses yep. the. It actually wasn't like he didn't. It wasn't very prominent on his thing. But if you look at his whole heraldry, the whole symbol, his imperial seal, and all that, there's there's the whole seal, and there looks like curtains, part as part of the whole coat of arms, and on those curtains are bees. Oh, so that's where he put them because he put all the other imperial stuff, but he put the bee thing as his Those own. coat of arms are so immaculate. There's like so much detail. Oh my god, them. yeah, and they got unnecessary immaculate. Yeah, there's so you much, de- too much detail. Like, like the Habsburgs by the end of their reign, it was just unnecessary. Our state flag suffers because of that. Our state flag has like so much crud in it. Anyway, I also learned about the Susan B. Anthony thing. Her middle initial simply just being B. That and just her, her just picking it. I thought that was pretty interesting. I also was really ultimately surprised that bees are only approximately about, you know, 100 million or so years old. That we know. Fossil records. Yeah, that we know of. Wow, you learned a lot. If I knew about the flower thing, those flowers that they pollinate being only 120, 125 million years old, probably would have helped in that one. But that's okay. I I didn't know that fact, so I couldn't guesstimate the bee thing. Yep. What about you, Mike? What, were, what did you take? I on? on the subject of bees, my God, bee reproduction is terrifying and fascinating, and I'm gonna have nightmares about that or dreams, dreams <laughs> please, probably. Please don't have dreams about that, Michael. Please don't have dreams about that, because then I'll never be able to be a keep beekeeper, and that's something that I might want to explore as a hobby later in my life. Well, you know what hobbies are, right? They're just interesting things to do before death. Don't remind me. All right, everyone. Wait, Mike, so your prize. Oh, what's my prize? Michael, your prize this week is a sexual education lesson by Peter, our father. It's I, going hate, to be a, I hate you and everything you stand for so much. It's going to be a very lot of awkward silences and uh, grunts and him walking away. <laughs> We're putting our father in a much worse light than we should, but what the fuck um he's not comfortable with um okay so so i found um so that's our um before we go wanted to let everyone know that you can like us on facebook unfrequently asked questions brotherly battle of the brains follow us on you know you can get our podcast on spotify on a google podcast or google play itunes uh if you like it please share if you found this this episode really offensive share with your enemies and uh, please like, subscribe, share, let everyone know, add us, send us email and messages. If you have ideas for other themes, stuff you want to learn more about that we can dig into, definitely send that to us. Yeah, we can reach us out at ufaqpodcast at gmail.com for themes or questions. Additionally, if there's a podcast app or service that you prefer and we're not on there, let us know. Let us know through Gmail because we've been discussing with some of our listeners that we do actually know personally and it seems that we do show up on some podcast apps, but not all of them. And I'm not sure why that is. Some kind of just grab stuff some from Spotify or iTunes, I think. And some don't. They have their own feeds. So let us know so we can try to get on your favorite feeds. So we can get on your preferred application. So, with that, I'm Michael Odkowski. And I'm Max Odkowski. And as always, stay curious. Stay curious.